Wow, can we all say yes and amen? Woo, I'm like, I don't know if I can follow that. Jeff, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. Well, my name is Julie. I'm one of the pastors here at Faith. It is good to be with you. If you are new or visiting with us, I want to extend a special welcome to you, uh, whether that's in person or online. Again, so glad that uh, we are all gathered here uh, together this morning in some way, shape, or form. So I, I want to start out with a funny. Uh, it's always uh, good to come to the Lord in reverence, but also good to, uh, to have a little laugh. Anybody want to laugh this morning? Yeah, okay, good. That's what I thought. All right, here we go. Three mothers are sitting on a bench, and they're talking about how much their sons love them. Sadie says, you know that I have a 65-inch TV in my living room. It was my son Arnold who bought that for me for my 75th birthday. What a good boy he is. He loves his mother. You call that love? You know my Mercedes? I just got it for Mother's Day from my son Bernie. What a darling he is. And then Shirley, she, she chimes in and she says, that's nothing. Do you know my son Stanley? He's in therapy and he has five sessions a week. And do you know what he talks about? Me. <laughs> oh, again, so good to, uh, to be together this morning. Good to laugh, good to laugh, good to worship, just good to be together. So we uh, are finishing up our, our uh, known series this morning, and I, I just want to do a little recap of the past couple of weeks. Uh, I spent uh, the, these, these past three weeks in Ephesians. The first week was Ephesians 1, Ephesians 2, today is Ephesians 3. And, and that first week I talked about um, receiving our inheritance, right, our inheritance of the Holy Spirit, and how we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit uh, when we accept Christ in our lives. And I love this illustration of the t-shirt, and I'm going to give it again because there's some that haven't heard it, and some maybe need to hear it again. But when we go on vacation, and I'm just going to use the illustration of Myrtle Beach, uh, we go and we go into those souvenir shops, and we might get a shirt that says Myrtle Beach, right? We've been there. We've had the experience. And then a lot of times when we go to these shops, we'll see these shirts that say, my grandparents or my aunt and uncle or some relative or somebody went to Myrtle Beach and all I got was this lousy t-shirt, right? Some of us have given those, some of us have received them, uh, but many of us have seen them, so you know what I'm talking about. And, and so this idea of known, knowing Jesus, that we don't settle for that t-shirt that says somebody went to church or I went to church and all I got was this lousy t-shirt to embrace the inheritance that we've been given, to know Jesus and to make Jesus known. So we don't want to settle for that t-shirt. We want uh, that, that transform transformative experience of knowing Christ in our lives. And then last week I spoke about claiming our seat, that when we, when we uh, become followers of Christ, that we are seated in the heavenly realms with him. And what happens when we're seated in these heavenly places? We've got a different perspective. And that perspective helps us to overcome uh, any doubt that we may have, fears that we have, because we have the power of Christ with us in the seat that we sit in very next to him. And then this morning we're going to take a look at Ephesians uh, 3. And Paul wrote to the, uh, the church at, at Ephesus. And you can imagine um, some of the doubt that they might have been feeling and experiencing. And Paul wrote to encourage them to share with them that God can do more than they could even ask or imagine. And uh, I just absolutely love that. And the title of the message this morning is, There is More. There is More. 
So I want to, uh, to share a, a little bit uh, with you uh, from Ephesians 3. Bonnie shared it with us earlier, but I'm going to read from the King James. And I just want to encourage you uh, just to mix it up. One of the things I, I love about technology is you can go to Bible Gateway. That's the, the, uh, the app, not the app, the website that I use. Uh, and you can pull up the different translations. So this morning we're going to hear from, from Jimmy. We're going to hear from King James this morning. It's good to laugh. It's okay to laugh. Okay, so here we are, verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven on earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his Holy Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ, which surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that is work that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Talk about a powerful prayer spiritual vision, a prayer for the spiritual power that is available to all of us. How do we posture ourselves? Paul says, I bow or I kneel before the Father, God our Father in heaven and on earth. We are a family and have the same Father. We're a family on mission and that mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. I'm going to break down this, this passage of scripture uh, this morning. Paul sa says, praise uh, out of the glorious riches of our Father that we would be strengthened with power through his spirit in us. Uh, I don't know about you, but we're an Avengers family uh, with my kids, and I don't know if you're more of a DC comics, if you know what I'm talking about, more of the Batman and, and that, or the Avengers. And we, we tend to, to really love the Avengers. My favorite is Iron Man. I don't know if anybody, we're talking about Iron Man in church. Can you believe it? Okay. Um, but I think some of us have maybe a favorite superhero, and I love uh, Iron Man. Uh, he's got the coolest suit and the most amazing powers. He's got this really cool uh, assistant named Jarvis, and I think that he and Pepper Potts are so cute. Now, I don't think the guys are too much into that romance, but I just think that they're so cute together. And then he has this power source called the Arc Reactor, and we know that it's in his chest. And, and the Arc Reactor stands for affordable, robust, and compact. And as we know, it's a fictional power source for the superhero Iron Man. But friends, we have a power source. Jesus paid the price for us. And this is fire burning inside of us, and it's so compact that it fits in each and every one of us that believe in Christ. And we're strengthened by the power of his spirit. We all have arc reactors in us, and it's called the Holy Spirit. Paul also says we have the power that dwells in our hearts through faith. What does it look like for Christ to dwell continuously in us, to take up residence in our hearts and in our beings? I saw this story about a month ago about this beautiful two-story, six-bedroom Victorian home that, that, is, that resides in San Francisco. And I'm not sure if anybody saw this this story as well, but this house is 139 years old. Uh, it was getting a new address and was moving just six blocks away. Can you imagine what it must be like to move a house, especially that size and that age? 
the owners had to secure permits from more than 15 city agencies, costing more than $400,000 in moving costs and fees. And it took years and years of planning. And along the, uh, the moving route, uh, they had parking meters that needed to be ripped up. And then tree limbs were, uh, were also trimmed, and traffic signs were relocated. You see, our, our physical bodies are like a house and can be referred to as a temple. And in our houses, we have an active part of the power that is in us, and we have a choice whether or not to tap into that power. Hear these words from 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. You see, when we accept Christ into our lives, we're a new creation in Christ. And we've got this same structure, but the insides are different. They're different. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us, Therefore, if anyone is in, is in Christ, the new creation has come, and the old has gone, the new is here. So we've got this same house. And as we've learned over this past year, as we are moving, we are being redirected. We're being challenged. We're being stretched. But in order to go where the Lord leads us, or for him to dwell in us, some things need to change. We aren't the same. As we move about uh, in faith and we live our life and our faith together, um, we have to prepare ourselves, just like the preparation that took into moving that big old house. So what needs to be pruned in our lives to make way for Christ to dwell in us wherever we go? Maybe some things need to be ripped up or relocated as you follow him. Paul says, as I pray that you being rooted and established in love. We live in an unstable world, and we see it every day. And it seems like every day that we are being rocked by another senseless, painful tragedy. And I don't know about you, but... The grocery store should be a place that is just about as the safest place that we could go. Every race and every culture shouldn't have to live in fear. As a society, we continually uh, seek to find answers or solutions, yet these violent acts continue. You see, receiving and sharing God's love is a stability that we so desperately need in our society. How can we be messengers of his hope and his love, to share the light in the midst of a dark world. Paul says, and I pray that, that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. How do we live expectant? Do we come to worship expectant to encounter God? When you're expectant, you are more aware of the power and the presence of God. When you come expectant, knowing that you're going to encounter God. Faith is a result of surrender, not striving. So I don't know about you, but when I walk through these doors, we just surrender. We just surrender to the Lord. Faith is a result of surrender, not striving. We can't earn it. So how are you reading the scriptures with expectancy that God will speak to you through his word. 
I, I want to share just a, a quick little story. Uh, this was earlier this week, and I was preparing for this message, as well as Easter and Holy Thursday, and I uh, had my devotional time that morning, and, and uh, I like to listen to music, whether it be on my phone or through the TV, and I listen to um, YouTube, that you can listen to these uh, great uh, videos on YouTube with music, and it's called Dappy Tiki's, and it's the most beautiful instrumental music, and it's hymns, it's contemporary music, it's just soothing. And on the screen, whether it be on your TV or on the phone, different scriptures come up, and it's as if the Lord is just speaking to you in that moment between uh, the music and the scriptures that are coming up. And one of the things that come coming up in my devotion time and scripture reading and sermon prep and then also through the YouTube was the word spirit and truth. And it kept coming up and I finally said, okay, Lord, I'm going to write this down because this means something. This means something. So I had written it down, continued on, and it was probably about 10 or 15 minutes later and I got a message. And uh, it was somebody um, that I know that sits on the board of a ministry of a friend of mine uh, that he started this ministry a couple of years ago and it's for churches, it's for clergy and there's tremendous resources and conferences and continuing education and just a really exciting ministry. And so uh, she had called, not called, she had reached out, messaged to see if I would write a blog, write a, an article for a blog post and I said, oh my gosh, you know, I'd be honored to do that. And uh, I just chuckled after I got the message because you know what the name of the ministry is? Spirit and truth. And, you know, sometimes God hits us over the head with a two by four and it's super clear. But I think if we live expectant, in fact, if, if we, I know if we live expectant, it heightens our senses and our awareness, our vision and our sight and our hearing to what the Lord is saying to us. I don't believe in coincidences, I believe in, in God incidences, right? Where He speaks to us. So, how do we live expectant? Paul says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or imagine, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. There is more. I want you to repeat after me this morning, I want more. I want more. Let's do it one more time. I want more. This morning, uh, we have our last known uh, testimony and story, and it is from our very own Bonnie Mind King. She's sitting down here with Ray, and uh, we're just so thrilled that she was able to share her testimony with all of us. And to all of those that have shared uh, their stories, their God stories, I just commend each and every one of those because it's, it takes vulnerability and it takes courage to be able to share your story. So Bonnie, thank you so much for sharing with us, and let's turn our attention to the screen. My husband Ray and I have been members of this church for a couple years now. It's been a pleasure to be here. And uh, I was asked to initially talk about what it would be to be spiritually more. What does that mean to me? And I want to take you on a journey because I was raised in a church my whole life. In fact, I was prayed for before I was even born. I'm the youngest of 11. My father was an elder at the time at my, my grow up church. So I was raised in a, in a wonderful home, childhood that was um, focused on Christ and focused on Jesus and the fact that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I understood that too because of the fact that um, I knew I needed to be forgiven for my sins and um, that I couldn't do it myself, that it was, it was a gift. 
so I started being very active in church and um, in high school ministries and things. As I grew into college and things, I also got very involved in my church to the extent that I was asked to do sermons. And I remember doing a sermon on John 1, 1 through 4, which is talking about how God is God and Jesus is with God. Jesus is the Word. And the Word was with God from the beginning. And I love how the rest of the book of John is talking about how this big God and this Jesus want to seek a relationship with us personally. And those things meant a lot to me. But interestingly enough, I wasn't spiritually more through all of that. And I know that because I feel more spiritually more now. In the year 2017, I, I suffered a, a huge crisis in my life. I just had a clash between the Bonnie that was in the world and succeeding or not succeeding and the Bonnie that was going to church every Sunday. And what was happening was I didn't feel like I could be my truest self all the time. And so when you start denying that true self of yours, you become eventually in crisis. And that's where I was. And I didn't understand what my purpose in life was supposed to be. Honestly, I left the church at that time and I um, was wandering. And someone once told me, those who, do not, those who wander do not, are not always lost. And I would say that that's absolutely true because I knew, even though I was angry at God, I still knew that God was there. And I suddenly had huge anxiety issues and fear um, reigned supreme to the extent that I wouldn't even go out of my house for days on end. And the only person that I would talk to would be my husband. During this time, I picked up walking, and I started enjoying walking outside. It wasn't a regular habit, but I started walking and being in nature. And um, interestingly enough, I also started going and getting some mental health therapy because it was something that I knew I needed. I was no longer capable of helping myself. And I found an amazing Christian uh, therapist who um, was able to help keep reinforcing God's love for me and that I do have a purpose. And um, through that reinforcement, I have grown so much in my walk in faith. And when I lost my job last year in March, right around COVID, I wasn't concerned. I knew that everything was going to work out. And it was actually a blessing that I see now because of all the time that I could spend reading the Bible and walking in the park and enjoying God and having special moments with God that I would not have had if I had been working. I now work in a company that encourages me to be my truest self, and I truly am my truest self. I've joined a, a network of Bible, Bible believers who meet every week and study the Bible during their lunch hour, and I've actually been able to say to my boss, I'm gonna pray for you, and I'm gonna pray that um, this happens. And in the past, I would have never been that bold. And there are moments when I catch myself and I'm afraid again and I have anxiety because what if they think this? What if they think something? What if they think now they won't be their normal self with me? But God pushes me. My obedience to God and wanting to serve Him in so many ways pushes me to obey, pushes me to be my truest self. Having the Spirit in me means that I give love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And those are habits that now I try to have all the time. It's not just something that I show when I'm in my best self or when I'm in my church self. 
it's me. And that's probably what spiritually more means to me. God can do abundantly more than we could even ask or imagine. Thank you, Bonnie, again for sharing your story. Friends, there is more, and I would encourage you, don't settle for anything less. Live expectant to experience the power and the presence of God. God is with us. He's around us, and he works through us. God's hand is often invisible, but it is never inactive. God's hand is often invisible, but it is never inactive. A question for us this morning is, do we live as, as skeptics or with expectancy? I think sometimes that we can put God in a box. But God wants to take off the lid this morning, and he wants to blow up that box. Paul has given us this prayer to model what it looks like to wrestle with our doubt. And it's a part of how we're wired, right? Is sometimes we doubt. But God wants to take the lid off of that box and to do immeasurably more. So how do we posture ourselves? How do we embrace this spiritual vision to get God out of the box? To experience his, his liquid love, to wash over us and to receive it. And then we have this, this power source uh, that we need to recharge. It's more than just Sunday morning. It's more than just Sunday morning. We know by the time we hit Tuesday, Wednesday, or it could even be tomorrow morning, our battery's starting to go low, right? How are we recharging our batteries? Don't put a limit on what God can do. Today is Palm Sunday, as we know, and we recall uh, as Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem that people stood and they waved palm branches to honor Jesus. Hosanna in the highest, just as we sang this morning only to experience days later that Jesus was arrested. He was crucified, he died on the cross, and he was buried. Imagine the followers of Jesus during this time. And you can't help but wonder uh, what they were experiencing in their grief and in their doubt and in their pain. And I can't help but wonder if they put God in a box and said, okay, you know, I guess this is it, and they put the lid on and maybe taped it up. And then... And then on the third day, he was resurrected, and the lid flew off, and the box was blown up. Have mercy. Hallelujah. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So in your prayer time, what is your ask or imagine? There is more. His power is at work in you. And because of that, God is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. Uh, Jesus tells us in uh, Luke 18, 27, what is impossible with man is possible with God. What does living a life of expectancy look like for you? Living expectant, worshiping expectant, embracing an expectant faith. Won't you join me in a time of prayer? Father God, we come before you and we thank you for this time as we gather to worship and praise you this morning. And we're reminded that whatever that we have going on, that with you, all things are possible. 
and that your resurrection power is available and in all of us. We just have to tap into it. And God, we're reminded that you can do exceedingly, abundantly, above, even more than we could ask or imagine. And God, we just give you the moments where we wrestle with doubt, where we struggle. And we are reminded of our heavenly seat with you and the perspective that that brings. And we thank you, Lord, that you work in all kind of ways, Lord, to surround us with the help that we need, whether it would be medical uh, individuals, whether it would be church family, whether it would be friends, whether it would be neighbors. Lord, that, that you surround us with whatever we have going on and that your power is in us and those that you call. And God, I pray that we would come to know you more, to know you more. So Father, we thank you for this time as, as we gather here this morning. And we, Lord, I pray just to have our eyes opened and our ears open and our hearts open, Lord, to see you and feel you as we go through this holy week, Lord. As we, we uh, meet, meet with you and the disciples this Thursday, Lord, in the upper room. And as we navigate our way through Good Friday, and also as we prepare to gather on Easter Sunday to rejoice in your resurrection. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.